Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. And then Bennett says, this, my friend, is where we start to folly. I just want to point out, I am unaware of any circumstance in which you can use folly as a verb. I even did a little research just to make sure. No, he was just like, I know words. We'll use them. It's like, Bennett, like, I respect, um, you know, a wide vocabulary, but at least, like, use those words correctly then. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Welcome to Tasha's fourth week as The Bachelorette. It's really been a journey thus far. Oh, it has. And wouldn't you know it, week four just happens to be a very sad personal story week. Not to mention I'm starting to fall in love week. So there's a lot, a lot going on. Really, it's just like romantic clockwork. And here to help us unpack all the drama and the trauma, a friend of the pod and co-host of the forthcoming Bachelor podcast, Baby Got Batch, Brett Vergara. It's me. I'm so glad it's to be you. here. Woo! We're so happy to see your face. It's been I, too yeah. long. I miss y'all's face in, in person in the lovely little studio over there. But, you know, this will do. This will do. I know it's a weird, a weird thing about friendships where it's like normally we would have seen you like a few times over probably over the last few months. Um, And instead, it's been a a long stretch. Yeah. Well, when's the last time we we saw each other in person? Like the last recording that we did in person was probably for, I mean, God, Peter's season, which feels like eons ago at this point, but probably February. Yeah, and Claire w- yeah. was on maternity Yeah, for me leave. at this point, I haven't seen anyone in person Since in the like shows. a year and a yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, like... right, right. Um, but before we dive in, we actually wanted to add a little call to action for this week. Um, as I'm sure many of our listeners know, um, good friend of the pod, Ashley Spivey, lost her baby over Thanksgiving weekend. Um, just a really, really tragic sudden uh event and in addition to this inexplicably cruel and painful loss she's also been experiencing harassment from the anti-vax community so it's been a very difficult time for her and in addition to of course just encouraging general kindness to ashley and to anyone who is experiencing 
pregnancy loss, um, we did want to suggest that if you felt moved to donate in Ashley and her baby CJ's names, we wanted to suggest the Star Legacy Foundation, which funds research about stillbirth and provides families dealing with the grief of pregnancy loss with resources, education, and support. That's StarLegacyFoundation.org, and that link will be in our show notes. All right, and now let's get into Tasha. Um, as you may remember, we ended last week with a bit of a bang. Uh, Tasha heard some things from Noah at the cocktail party that she didn't like, uh, ended the cocktail party on a very frosty note, and handed out the roses <laughs> in a cold silence. So we <laughs> resume uh, with Tasha still feeling pretty anxious about the idea that men in the house are questioning her judgment. She's starting to question the process itself, and so she has summoned to help her, someone who is conveniently already going to be here in order to take Chris Harrison's place for a few weeks. JoJo! I mean, look, I appreciated JoJo just out here gunning for Chris Harrison's job. We (laughs) We need a clear line of succession. Like, what if something happens to Chris? Yeah, this feels so, like a little audition in a way. So I don't exactly. know. I think she I think she I think she passed the audition. I would I would love to see it. Yeah, I don't know that we needed this little like conversation uh between the two of them. I'm not sure how much it really added, but But I will you say know. it's something that we haven't really seen much of for Tasha. There are a lot of aspects of Tasha's Bachelorette journey that just kind of got dropped because she got plonked into the seat midway through the season we never got like the big intro package for her we never got the scene where all the old bachelorettes show up and are like just follow your heart you're gonna be amazing (laughs) and so we get a little bit of that here just basically just jojo being like get out of your head do what feels right don't worry about hurting people's feelings like they don't matter and (laughs) and that's a classic if useless (laughs) bachelor scene true and taisha does deserve some sense of normalcy so i guess that's a good point, Claire. It, it's not a season of The Bachelor without a talk like that. Exactly. And it, it also, you know, Tasha brings up that she's been married before and that is making it even more important to her that she be sure. And I feel like that could have been like her kind of central storyline established in the intro package that she never had because... It's turning out to be a big theme of her season, and it's a big theme on this episode, like, that divorce has informed her experience, um, has informed her thinking about choosing a husband this time around. And that's kind of cool. We've never really had that for a bachelor before or a bachelorette before. It is cool. And I think it's interesting that she seems to be drawn to a lot of the men who have also had that experience. And she seems to see um, the fact that, you know, Zach and Brendan – have already been married as as a plus for her. Um, they share this experience. And also it's like it's clear that these men can commit. They have had the strength to leave a relationship that wasn't working and they've likely learned from from their previous marriages. Um, and yeah, I just I love the way that divorce isn't being portrayed as this like tragic, dark, thing that probably like ruined a person in this season yeah what's really nice too is watching these conversations with the guys when they're talking about uh her previous marriage their previous marriages 
it's clear that they just didn't know that about Tasha going into the season. So I think if she yeah. had this package that we're used to seeing, then all the guys would have been informed. They could have done their stalking on Instagram or, or whatever they could do to find out every little detail. But it, it's always occurring to me when they have these conversations and then the guys are just like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, tell me more. I'm like, wait, you didn't know that? I have to like, remember <laughs> that that's not they don't have like the encyclopedia ready to go. Yeah, like they didn't really have a chance to to research her in the same way that they did with Claire at all. And so, yeah, we end up with a lot of these conversations that sort of hilariously everyone is nervous to tell everyone else that they're divorced. Um, and so we dive into the dating of the week. Chris arrives to the common room where the guys are assembled. Have you guys noticed that the group is getting smaller? Chris, they have noticed. They're not dumb. And that means that this week there will be two one-on-ones and one group date. But Chris didn't bring the date card for personal reasons because he's going to take his son to college. He'll be gone for a few days. I really hope that that is not accurate for medical reasons and that he will actually be gone for at least two plus weeks. I think I read that he did not do a full two-week quarantine on the way back, but he got tested a few times. I'm... I think maybe he that worked out more really like well for the White days. House. Uh, I don't know, but oh gosh, it seems like yeah. there's yeah. some uh, shortcuts that might have been applied here a little bit. Yeah, Chris, <laughs> Chris ideal. got a little exception, I think, um, but he definitely was gone for like a chunk of time. So yeah. it wasn't like he just like drove back from Texas and was like, "I'm here." Um, this shows real paternal love that he was willing to give an opening to another host who, you know, could, you know, it's like you you get benched for one game. The quarterback has a good outing. Suddenly you're never back in there. You know, he did that for his son. And I think that's beautiful. Also, one point um, I wanted to bring up when you said, like, you know, Chris intros to the guys and says, like, oh, yeah, you know, there's less of you here. Are there less of them there? I feel like we've had like 12 ish people <laughs> for weeks for weeks the number has not gone down i know it has gone down but it hasn't that's why he has time. to point it out it feels like it feels the same, the same. Amount. he's like yeah. no there are definitely less of you that's because <laughs> Trust me. ed is somehow still there ed is still as long as ed, ed is, is there i won't feel around. like it's gotten smaller yeah exactly like ed uh, has just really like i don't know i, I he thought claims. he would go home in week three and suddenly he's still here He's a um, reference but, point, right? He's like an early to mid-season character. And with yes. him not gone yet, it's still early to mid-season. Even early if we're in January, it doesn't but matter it, like, when we are. It is early to mid-season for Tasha. That's the weird thing. Like, he's one of those little reminders that, like, oh, her season actually just started a few episodes ago, even though for us it's been going on for what feels a long like time. years. Um, so Jojo comes in, she like introduces herself and she's like, look, I'm going to give you the gift of telling you who I am as though they don't already know, which maybe honestly, some of them don't. I don't, maybe I don't some think of they them do don't. Know. No, I don't think they do. They, know because a lot of them have, haven't yeah. watched. Yeah, right, right. I really don't think these guys know because they have not known 
other things that I think would have been a lot easier to <laughs> to, to grab. But, you know, like details about Claire or Tasha, for example. Or even just knowing Claire's general personality. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. That's a, a important detail, I would think. So I'm going to I'm going to say that the majority of them did not know who this was. I don't think they knew, but I do think they should have known. I think they should have done some research before coming on. But, you know, that's that's their decision. That's their life. Yeah, you're like, some of us like to study for the test, okay? <laughs> So Jojo leaves the date card. Zach, I'm looking for a man I can picture a future with. Um, So for this date, they will be playing dress up and shooting wedding photos. Um, Taisha, of course, is like, I've already done all of this, but maybe this will kind of allow me to have some immersion therapy and take some of the sting and the bad memories out of being dressed up in a wedding dress and taking photos with a man who will hopefully never hurt me. Um, And they meet the creative director who will be photographing them, Franco LaCosta, who is just exceptional. He's wearing blue eyeliner and magenta espadrilles. And I just, I I loved him. Um, Oh, I loved it. I also, it was like, his little jean shorts were a good reminder that they are still in Palm Springs, like in the middle of a heat wave. Yeah, there have been a lot of long sleeves considering that it's apparently well over 100 degrees. I know. I'm very confused. I'm like, these men like would thrive in paradise because they don't seem to sweat that much, which is like it's very wild. confusing to me. But like Franco like dressed for the weather. You have Brendan with turtlenecks, not even just long sleeves. They're covering their necks in Palm Springs. And- he looks like a breath of of wintry autumn, you know? Like, it doesn't look like he's too hot in them. It's incredible. He's like a cold-blooded, like a lizard or something, a very handsome, uh, emotionally uh, mature lizard. Um, And so Franco's like, listen, you have to be authentic. The camera doesn't lie. Or as he says, this This baby baby, don't lie. This baby, Claire. The baby is his camera. And he, you know emphasizes the need for authenticity. This starts to get Tasha thinking. She's starting to freak out. She's like, is it really fun to take wedding photos again uh, after what happened with my marriage? Um, so this sets Zach up to kind of provide her a lot of emotional warmth and support, which I think he does a pretty good job with, like checking in with her throughout, asking if she's okay, being like, we're just going to have fun with this. We don't need to take it seriously. Um, and so they try on a bunch of tuxes and a bunch of over-the-top wedding dresses um, and take some cute photos together. What did you guys think of this this date? It felt like they were really – I mean, I love Zach, and so I was, like, very excited for this date. I did feel for them a little bit that they had to, like, take wedding photos on their first date. Um, but I get why they did it to them because it was like, now you can both talk about – how you've both done this before. Um, but it is an awkward activity by nature. You know what? I think this this date set up a theme that just foreshadowed the rest of the episode where I was going into a date, a date idea, and I was like, ugh, like, I don't know if this is going to be that great. And then it just, like, ended up going above my expectations. So I'm like, oh, wait, this, like, actually ended up being okay, and it was a good moment for both of them. It opened up... Uh, conversations that I wasn't expecting out of like that that date so I was like all right they they it won me over by the end I think this is just another example of how the lack of bells and whistles 
the lack of travel, the lack of being able to bring in a bunch of other people to participate in the date somehow results in these sort of low-key, crafty, or like campy, just like activity dates that are much more intimate and fun to watch than than a date where they're rappelling down a building. And, and it, may, it makes... Um... It allows them to lean on the conversations more for the plot. Like the mar- the wedding photos really weren't the part of this date that stood out probably to any of us. Um, they very quickly kind of used that as a way in to have a handful of really great conversations. Um, I also was just like had had known a bit about Zach's background. I think we've mentioned it on the podcast. So I was like very interested to see how this date would go um, because he really hadn't spoken to Tasha much about himself. So I think I was just like waiting there like, I hope we get another good conversation. I'm like still high off of the like Ivan Tasha convo. And it was great that it gave them this opportunity. I'm sure the production planned this because it gave Tasha the opportunity to reveal to him that she'd been married before. And then for him to be like, oh, me too. Just instead like of same. sitting down at dinner and being like, it's time for our serious conversation, which yeah. they also do later. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I really appreciated that too. And it was just like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I was married also. Yeah. Cool. And they have this great, weird chemistry that Emma and I were talking about last night that Tasha is clearly very like physically drawn to him. And Zach is like deeply confused by He's it. He's shocked shocked like he keeps like looking at her weirdly while she's like cooing at him or being like i love your experience and like kissing him and he's like giving her weird looks and she's like what's going on and he's like oh you're just like so breathtaking sometimes i have to do a double take and i think that that's like a very sweet gloss on what seems to me like him just being like so nervous that such a hot woman is so into him they have such this nervous charm Yeah, they yeah. just like it's so endearing just watching them both uh, kind of like navigate their nerves around each other. Yeah. And Zach is just, I mean, I said this to Claire last night, but I, and this like isn't a dig at Zach because he's actually one of my favorites. But Zach to me, like, fully reminds me of just like a guy that I would come across on Hinge if I was swiping on the west side of Manhattan and like it pulled in Jersey. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and I would be like, yeah, maybe, sure. Like, he just seems like, like, an attainable, like, attainable cute. He's not, like, a bachelor frontrunner type. Right. And, I I mean, I think that's a plus. Like, I like that about him. Tasha does, too. Who who knew? And he's an adult. With this season, there's more. I I more think of Brendan with this comparison, but I think we have more of those Wells types of personalities this season where they're not, like, the – the peak machismo bachelor guy that yeah. you usually get there. They have this more approachable, endearing side to them. Brendan is a literal model though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's also but he true. does, he has, it's, it's like a sensitive model type, not He's like a sensitive a model, type. model type. And I mean, like even the most, I would say one of the guys that we're getting the most kind of machismo inflected behavior from is Bennett, which is like a very different brand of it than you would yes. see from like a Chad or a Luke. You know, it's, it's not a, an aggro. It's like a it's like an elitist. sort. Yeah, it's, of a, right. it's like elitist intelligence machismo, which you usually don't get it from that lens. So it's like, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> it's great show. to shed light on another shade of toxic masculinity yeah. than yeah. we usually do. 
Um, so they end up uh, on the night date having dinner by a pool. Again, they are both in long sleeves and why I feel for them. Wait, um, does it? I think, though, in Palm Springs, it might get like significantly cooler at night. Okay. okay. I think it's like a, a very hot during the day and then much like, cooler like, at night. Like 80? We talk about 80? Is that is that how cool <laughs> it gets? <laughs> like, what's yeah, I'd better cool? plunge like 40 relative. Um, so Tasha is in settled in like clearly they're both producer prep to have the really big conversation um this is a classic bachelor night date one-on-one setup Tasha says you know we have such a good time together i'm so into you but i feel like i don't know much about zach like who is zach i want to get to know zach and zach says well who is zach Zach is a guy that grew up in a great family, went to college, and then one day in his early 20s wasn't feeling very well and found out he had a brain tumor. He did not do all this in third person. Apologies to Zach for slandering his (laughs) approach to describing himself. But basically, he found out he had a brain tumor in his early 20s, was in surgery the next day. And this is how he ended up um, falling into a number of addictions. He, He was on pain medication. Um, and he was having this sort of crisis and his uh, emotional crisis over having this health uh, scare at such a young age. He got married very young. He spent a lot of time drinking, partying, doing drugs. And he says, you know, he was seen, you know, hanging out with sketchy people. He got arrested. He got a DUI and his wife left him. Apparently he was only married for about a year. He mentioned earlier. And, and he's, he's only 23. He was very young. I um, really loved that he made sure to emphasize that um, his ex-wife, like, didn't do anything wrong. Like, I – and I feel like that's sort of been a theme among a handful of the men who, instead of being like, my ex damaged me, they're, you know, emphasizing, like, this was a relationship that didn't work out. Obviously, in Zach's case, like, he was going through some things that probably made that relationship um, pretty impossible to sustain but I I don't know I just I I always appreciate like a a positive um feeling about an an ex person who is very important yeah. to you well it's getting it's getting ahead of it too right because that can easily be interpreted as like oh like how could she like leave during such a time that he was going yeah through? so it's really great that yeah that he can get ahead of that and hopefully also anybody also- who thinks that Clearly, he, you know, he talks about that he had a moment of clarity when he had stolen a check from his father and the bank teller when he went to cash it um, actually called his dad instead of, you know, calling the police. And he said, like, she's my angel, guardian angel. And um, after that, he went to rehab and really got help. Um, And I think that the way that Zach speaks about his life, and I think that this is probably part of what Tasha is so drawn to, it's very clear that he's done a lot of work on his emotional health, a lot of reflection. He knows himself very well. And I think that especially when you're a woman in your 20s who's been dating men who are your age or younger, that's probably not something that you've gotten to see a lot. And so I think that's like part of what we're seeing Tasha be so kind of into and taken aback by like wow there are men out there who have like done this kind of emotional work I don't have to do it for them yeah I think that's very true and like 
one of the main relationships that we've seen Tasha have with John Paul Jones, you know, they had like fun, goofy fun together, but you would see these moments of like frustration where she was like, is this all there is? Like, can I get like more from you? Um, and so to be able to be dating guys who are like, yes, here's another level that I'm comfortable accessing that I've spent time working to access. Um, that makes her like comfort in the relationship so much greater. Um, and she asks him if it was hard to get his family to trust him again. And he says like, basically, yeah, it was his second time in rehab, the time that that stuck. And there was, you know, a loss of, of trust with his family, but um, you know, he's come a long way. He's on the board of that rehab now. And we know that his career is in addiction counseling. Um, and, Tasha, you know, wraps this up in kind of the the usual bachelor way. You know, she says, "Thank you for opening up." I was I had like mixed feelings about how Tasha handled this because it's very tricky, and I know that especially when you don't know someone super well. But always, it's very hard to respond to experiences like this in a constructive uh, manner. But what she says is, "I knew there was more to you. Your story is what makes you special." And she gives him the rose. I think that this was like a very kind response, but I'm always like a little bit uncomfortable with the idea that people's trauma like defines them and that they would not be special if they had not suffered. Um, And I think that the Bachelor scripts are very invested in that idea and that what you often see is leads reaching for those scripts in these moments where they're being asked to respond to trauma that has been presented to them in a structured setting and yeah i think we didn't get as much of that on uh, like on claire's portion and so it's maybe stands out to me more now yeah i can definitely get that because you know I think it's really true that you don't want it to, I mean, it, it, it's partially true. Like the, the traumas that people go through, like it does shape who they, they are, who they become, but it's not solely, you know, it's like what makes you special is because of your, your trauma. I do think in Tasha's case, you know, it, it is, it's very human to not exactly know the right words to say when someone reveals something like that to you and opens up true like true in the truest sense of the word opens up right it's not like you mentioned that your parents got divorced thank you for opening up it's not you know, this is truly opening up about something that you know to commend zach like even though he he works in that field now and he's obviously um you know been open about his past already to go into it that much more, not only just with Tasha in that intimate setting, but for so many people to see is really hard. And I think Tasha can know that uh, j- just hearing that in, in person, just the, the stake there. Um, and yeah, I, I can give her kind of like the benefit, some slack and some benefit of the doubt there of uh, of just wanting to be, be comforting and supportive and that always not, that not always looking the 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 neatest you know when you're saying saying that yeah i mean i agree i agree with both of you i think that this is the kind of thing it's not specific to taisha like we see that a lot especially when you don't like this is her first real deep conversation with zach and he's just revealed a lot and it's hard it is just difficult to know how to respond in a way that doesn't feel sort of like rote and scripted And I definitely think that's what we were seeing. Um, And to go back to what you were touching on, Brett, I do think it's really important that we got 
this, I mean, if obviously it wasn't like so extensive, but the fact that we just got um, a really candid conversation about addiction and it wasn't, um, wasn't framed in this, this way of like, how could you have gone through this? Um, and I think that there's obviously still a lot of stigma when it comes to addiction, when it comes to having been in rehab. Um, and I like that we have a man who's really being presented as, um, one of our big romantic leads who has gone through this and that his, um, addiction is, is not like a disqualifier for him to be, um, a desirable partner. So that's such a good point. Yeah. That's such a good point because there is a world years ago, um, that, you know, this could have been like some, some drama point, right? Or like some, one of the guys maybe says like, oh, I, I don't know if we can fully trust Zach because of, you know, so, which obviously isn't the case. And I'm just really glad that this is how this conversation went and right in, in the, in the light that, that it was shown in. So. Yeah. And often what we see in the past is not even a contestant with a history like this, but like a sibling or something that they can say it was really hard for me. And it's true. It's very difficult to have a family member go through something like that. But there is such a shift from, you know, saying my my sensitive story, my trauma that I have to share with you is that someone else in my family did this this stuff that caused suffering for the rest of us to saying like, this is an experience that I went through and that doesn't like preclude me from being here or being a great romantic partner. And that's something I don't know if we would have seen just a few years ago. Um, And Zach gets the rose. And Zach gets the rose. (laughs) And then they uh, pull a big lever to light up a Ferris wheel. And I was into it. They get on the Ferris wheel and Zach says, I know if I know that I'm a miracle, then who's to tell me that I can't come on a TV show in the middle of a pandemic and find love with someone as amazing as Tasha? No one. I won't let them. Zach, no one's trying Ooh, to tell you that. No one's but trying. But also, I did find it kind of like amazing to just hear him be like, <laughs> what am I doing here? Also, there's a pandemic. <laughs> I feel like in some of his weird sort of like statements like this, that you do see that like that self-motivational language that he's like, I define who I am. And um, and now we have a little bit more context for that. And it really like I think Allison was saying last week about um, Ivan and was that last week. Yes. yes. I, Ivan and Tasha, there is such a generosity in, in sharing a story like that um, with such a great sense of perspective for a broader audience. Um, and that wraps up Zach and Tasha's date. They are both feeling really good about each other. Very on the path to love here. What I will say too, like, is it's- whenever whenever Zach says, or when any contestant for that matter says something like "I got you," I'm like a, a sucker for that. You know, it's just like, oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, Brett, <laughs> Brett, Brett, you're such a sweet cute. little romantic. I'm a little goober. That's what <laughs> I, I am love over it. Here. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have a whole lot more on all of the many deep conversations that occurred during this episode with Brett Vergara. 
Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 and use code LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI 50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer 
running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online only model, they have some pretty delightful prices too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, hi Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out. You won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan, and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now back to the show. Uh, and now it's it's time, guys, for the group date. Yes, and everyone wants that other one-on-one, so. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. Noah and Bennett are both bemoaning the fact that they deserve one-on-one time, which we know means they will not be getting it. Uh, the the group date goes to Spencer, Ivan, Ed, Blake, Brendan, Riley, Damar, Bennett, Ben, and Noah. Express yourself. I really loved this group date, guys. Me too. Yeah, no, I did too a lot. And, and again, like what I was touching at earlier, going into this based off the previews, I'm like, no, not again, not a, not another dodgeball date and or. <laughs> no, I was like, don't what... make them get naked. Oh <laughs> yeah, my it's God. like, come on. Have we not learned? Well, and it's so sudden... funny that you say that because that is the reaction that the men have, which is they walk into the conference It was room, very jarring. And what's set up is uh, a figure drawing class. You know, you have pads of paper nude models two nude models are sort of posed embracing each other in the center of the room and the guys are just like what the fuck like we have to get naked again like i don't it's so so. disturbing that they assume they have to be the nude models they're conditioned (laughs) at this point and uh so they all are enormously relieved when they realize that they'll just be sketching the already provided nude models um, who must be having a very interesting day. I wonder if they had to quarantine for two weeks to do this. And maybe they're just production staff. Who knows? Um, and so they're going to go through some different artistic sort of exercises with Natalia, an art teacher who, of course, has pink hair. As She was adorable. I was very into her whole look. I want to <laughs> hang out with Natalia. <laughs> Um, And she knows the Bachelor script. She says, love is a lot like art. You have to invest in yourself and be open to the process. Um, And so they all take a seat. Tasha sits down uh, in the center. And Bennett's like, oh, the seat next to her is my seat. Noah, you have to move. So we're off to a great start between Bennett and Noah. And they Bennett all start and Noah sketching. really like doing a heavy contrast with the general vibe of this episode, where the general vibe <laughs> is like very open, vulnerable, uh, emotional, just really great stuff. And then Noah and Bennett over here being like three years old. It's just yeah, like they're basically like shooting like foam darts at each other. Like <laughs> they're like verbally subtweeting each other the entire <laughs> episode. <laughs> Ben in particular, I will say, you know, as much as I, I don't oh, trust yeah. Noah, Bennett, this is not the oh, episode. Oh, Bennett ben. was acting worse than Noah this whole episode. And I had previously, if you would have asked me to choose one of them, I probably would have said Bennett. But this episode, like, he really dug himself a giant yeah. hole. I, I mean, this is like a classic um you know, am I the asshole Reddit thread where everybody sucks here? <laughs> I think yeah. is, really, yes. is yes. really the way to put it. Yeah, you're all terrible. I hope you both go yeah. home. I had to like remind myself of what Bennett did at the rose ceremony repeatedly because Bennett was behaving so poorly that I was like, Noah's great. Leave Noah alone. And then I was like, okay, so Noah's not great. I have to remember what he did. However, like they're both bad. Bennett has also been awful in other ways you know he's always trying to to picket people and you know we see later that spencer even comments that like yeah bennett's really condescending and he's always like kind of talking down to people so they're they're showing off their nude model sketches and bennett makes a very pointed comment about how he added a background to his sketch because there's always some drama going on in the background cut to Noah just visibly fuming like I was like what benefit do you think 
you're going to get from like in front of Tasha making what's very clearly a passive aggressive comment weighted with some sort of malice and shooting a nasty look at Noah. Like, do you think that's going to impress her or do you think she won't notice, which I think is somehow worse? Like it's, it reminds me of like movies where they've designed some sort of plot to unfold in a way that requires open conflict to be taking place, but one of the characters doesn't even notice. And I'm like, in real life, people would notice that. Like, Tasha's gonna notice. This isn't some movie you're making in film class at Harvard. Um, <laughs> so I'm really mad at Bennett. <laughs> it's fair. Um, I feel just like betrayed by Bennett, right? Like I was, we were rooting for him, you know? <laughs> I, th- I think like we he, saw him in the very he, beginning. Like, yeah. He was funny at first. Yeah, and then he, he just well, got like, to We saw say, him in the beginning. He I was never weird. rooting for Bennett. Yeah, I think like I was rooting for Bennett when it looked like we were kind of rounding the corner with him and he was getting this redemption. Like, oh, he's a character. Look how funny he is. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this isn't a bit. Okay, I got it. He's like, actually an asshole. <laughs> You're just got a it. dick. <laughs> um, and speaking of dick, speaking of- in, this, <laughs> in the next little portion of this date, they have to sculpt something. Um, clay. Into clay. something about Well, they have love? to sculpt some sort of thing related to Tasha and love and Blake chooses to sculpt a penis which okay it's the it's love like, right, organ I mean sure like, <laughs> like I don't know that like Tasha it's like the closest you could get to a dick pic within the context of of the bachelorette and almost it's like, <laughs> do women really appreciate that like I don't need a mold of your penis. Yeah, things start to take a sort of me too uh, <laughs> tone the further this date progresses. But I think so. Sculpting a dick out of clay, not great, but still worse is what Bennett does right before that because they have all put on blindfolds in order to blind sculpt. And Bennett decides that this is a great opportunity to make out with Tasha without warning. That was I was like very disturbed by that. Yeah, I was I was not not very like, dude. That's not cute. First yeah. of all, she's surrounded by people. She doesn't even know who is touching her, and all of a sudden, without warning, without getting consent, you're just gonna like grab her. She and seems pretty force put her off. to make out with you. Yeah, she seems uncomfortable. I mean, and we talked weird. about this with Ivan an episode or two ago. Um, putting a blindfold on her and then sort of surprising her with the kiss. Not ideal in my opinion, but it was received better, I think, partly because the context was a huge clue to Tasha that she was about to get kissed. And she was right. engaged in the process, though the kiss itself was perhaps a surprise. She is, at this point, on a group date with a bunch of dudes doing art. She has no idea she's about to get kissed by one of them. And that, to me, is, like, a, such a huge step up in violation. And I was really upset. And also the fact that Bennett seems to be kind of smug about it. He's like, I'm putting one over on all these guys by kissing Tasha in front of them. And they don't even know. And there's know. no indicate. I mean, look, a lot, when, when we talk about... Um, consent and violation so much of the way that things are received has to do with context and I think exactly what you said Claire the context here was so off and yeah Bennett is treating this as like something to be sort of lorded over the other men rather than trying to read Tasha 
the person he is presumably trying to get to like him and being like, what would she want? Does she want to kiss me? Should I like communicate in order to ascertain that? And he seems to have concluded no, because Taisha is not at the center of his decision making. The other men are specifically Noah. And that is also what makes it like extra fucked up. Yeah. And then he goes on to, I guess, sculpt several houses to represent how he and Taisha would live a life of luxury at their house in the Hamptons and in California and a chateau in Paris. This- Guys, I love that he clarified that the Hamptons were in Long Island. On Long Island, excuse me. He was like, the Hamptons, Long Island. I, I suspect that this was, in its own way, a dig at Noah for being from Oklahoma. <laughs> Out there, they don't know where the Hamptons are. Um, everything, everything he does is, has Noah in mind. It's like gotta, gotta think of how we can weave him into this. <laughs> exactly. Um, and Noah is so provoked by this. He's like Bennett is flaunting his money, so he handles this by saying, "Hey Bennett, you spell privilege P R I V I L E D G E, right?" And Bennett says, "I'll let you do that one." And Noah says, sounds like a privileged answer to me. What's going on Which, here? What? What? Okay, first of all, n- Noah genuinely, like, the dig is not that effective when you actually don't know how to spell privilege. That's one. Right. So I thought that he was making a joke about how Bennett is bad at spelling. But then in the next challenge, we see that Noah has written privilege on his little self-portrait and he spells it that way himself. So clearly that's just how he thinks that's how he thinks it's spelled. And again, people get spelling wrong all the time. But he was when you're trying to like. Make get a at point. someone with it. Yeah. It doesn't really <laughs> yeah. work. Also, he also, added extra letters, so it made it less snappy. <laughs> also, there's nothing privileged about like not engaging with that initial taunt. Right. My like, theory. I, my theory is that he didn't know what he was going to say after his initial taunt. He was just like, like just I double down, great, Noah. Great quip. Just double down. <laughs> and then when Bennett responded, he was like, oh, oh, yeah, it sounds privileged to me. Like, what did he think was going to happen? That Bennett would be like, yes, that's how I spell privilege because I'm full of privilege and I'm ashamed. Like, he had no exit plan on that line. <laughs> These are like two men who like have heard the term privilege being used in the ether a bunch more over the years, but have not like really taken the time to understand um what privilege means and in what context they're trying to throw it around. Like it, I was like, this is just not the way we need to address privilege. I think at this point they're just like so exhausted with trying to insult each other that they're just throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. I'm like privilege. Let's just do something. There's something we can work with. I'm like, also you're both like straight (laughs) cisgender white dudes. Like I'm like, come on. The next challenge is to make very revealing self portraits to compete for extra time with Tasha. And what Noah makes is a little sort of yin yang with a dark side. I don't think this is super what yingings are about but like on the dark side he writes that he is slow to open and that he has privilege um so noah i think knows that he has privilege he has internalized that 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 is um but you know i don't think that he has a more sophisticated he has not demonstrated a more sophisticated grasp of the dynamics at play here similarly bennett when he comes up for his presentation 
kind of says, well, Noah, you called me privileged, but that's the opposite of what I'm about. I grew up not privileged at all. Like, so no. And I I was like, like what does that mean? That, what are you talking first about? First of all, like, we don't know exactly what he goes on to explain. But like, nevertheless, having a ton of money right now and having gone to Harvard are very concrete, real forms of privilege. That also you can have regardless of white, being a white <laughs> man, being a white man. <laughs> Like, you can't, like, that's just part of it. And you do have that privilege, regardless of, like, what hardships you you may have gone through um, in your upbringing. Like, again, these are not, this is not a man who has, like, a sophisticated understanding of what privilege actually means and the way that various privileges can intersect with each other and that, like, not having one type of privilege does not take away the fact that you might have another type Right. We also have to talk about Brendan's like literal self portrait where he just made a picture frame. I know Tasha was very into this because she's very into Brendan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought this was sort of a cop out and like I was not I thought it was lazy. Okay, here's I saw, I saw this it. like I saw something on Twitter that was that was really funny. It was talking about like how uh brendan's portrait was when you're like in grade school and there was like a project due tomorrow that you completely forgot about so you just bullshit something <laughs> just to get something great like by it's the conceptual <laughs> it's very conceptual i took it to the next level there's room in this portrait for you which obviously taisha loved again yeah. i don't think this would have worked for brendan if taisha wasn't like super into him this yeah it does remind me of when i took photography in high school and i accidentally took a photo in which a branch captured the flash and like turned white and i was like maybe that's arty like i think that's actually better than if i didn't and my teacher was just like no like that's no and i was like on the other hand maybe it's profound and he was like no like that's not what we're doing but the standards are different when you're being judged by a romantic prospect who's really into you than if you're being judged by like an art uh expert of some sort um and i have to say a literal self-portrait is a self-portrait like you are not literally a self-portrait so, like, the most literal thing he could have done would be to draw a picture of himself. <laughs> draw himself. That is true. But it's a very, that is a very good point. But he went he went for the concept, and all that matters is that Tasha loved it. Yeah. You're right. It you was know- a conceptual self-portrait. Oh, my gosh. That's actually so much more. <laughs> it was performance art. You just have to keep the hacky sack in the air. Never stop moving. Never oh, stop. Freddie yeah, Prince you, uh, Jr. God, you know iconic. The- you know the bar is on the floor when you can just turn a picture frame, though, and it's viewed as, like, the most romantic gesture of all time. Like, men need to for... do better if that's all yeah. that it takes. Okay, but let's talk about <laughs> Ivan, because I thought his was great. He yeah. ha- he drew um, – his self-portrait was, like, a puzzle of all the different things that have, you know, made up who he is and what he wants. And the missing puzzle piece – is his wife and future wife and children, which he asks Tasha to stick on to the self-portrait. He's I great at getting her involved. Yeah, He's great yeah. at being yeah. like, Tasha, you're part of this. We're a team. Um, Blake surprised me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. After the penis sculpture, he went like <laughs> he hard left himself. turn into <laughs> sentimentality. He drew, he drew a turtle dove because they're the rare monogamous animals. 
And he basically is like, I had a really unstable family growing up, like a lot of police calls, like a lot of like real um, disorder. And he doesn't want that for his kids or his future. He wants something more like the turtle dove, um, which was very sweet. Blake. This was definitely where we started to get into like the men being encouraged to really like present their trauma to Tasha. Yeah. Um, my trauma and, my with, trauma report. Yeah. Um, you know, Natalia's walking around being like, you'll want to get very personal. And <laughs> yeah. so these men are clearly like, well, what's a really like dark thing I went through that I can present? Um and it was I, I had like such mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, like I really enjoyed learning more about these dudes and like obviously seeing them express things that had been hard in their lives or that had shaped them. Um, I felt like inherently more emotionally connected to them as people that I'm watching on TV. On the other hand, I was like, oh gosh, they're being made to like present these things on national television without a lot of context, without the opportunity to have like an intimate conversation about it. And like, I just hope none of them, I I hope they all feel okay about the fact that they put that stuff out there publicly. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely get that. It's like a, a difficult balance between like, cause it's, it's like exploiting trauma for content, which is not always ideal. Um, right. You know, but I, I think with, with this group date, this episode in particular, I think they handled that pretty well, especially given how they've handled trauma uh, in past seasons, past years, where it really the has bar not been the bar isn't high. Yeah, the <laughs> bar isn't high. So I do think if they're, because they obviously do need to have, this as an element of the show. It's it's a part of, uh, it's yeah. also like a part of dating, you know? I mean, I, I think that's a, a part of it too, is like you do want to be able to share those experiences with uh, a partner at some point. So they're they are a part of getting to know someone in a relationship. So it's it's not, maybe not always going to be the neatest. So I think they did do a good a good job overall here. Yeah. They were trying to thread the needle, I guess. Yeah, 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 I felt very complicated about it too because yeah. yeah, it's it is part of of romance. Like this is a vulnerable thing inherently to go on the show because you are have to open up about things that are private in order to like build a relationship the the element where they're sort of making art i think like is a nice way to make it feel like a more um complete process for them than to just have to like yeah. toss it out at a cocktail party however like it it i feel like there is this equation often on the show of personal and traumatic and i wonder what it would look like to find ways to depict the men's specificity without leaning so much on painful things they've gone through. Like those are not the only like unique things about people. Those aren't the only ways to be personal and learn about each other. Like I was really intrigued early on by like how much Ivan talked about chess and like, we've learned a lot of other cool things about Ivan, but, um, you know, that's an element of a person that I think you could learn a lot about them through. And it hasn't ended up being talked about very much. And that's fine. You know, like, who knows if if that would be in, in the end that interesting. But like, I do think that there are ways that the show could help us like understand and connect with these men through 
other avenues than just like a bad thing that happened when they were a kid. And yeah, I mean, I think that the whole show is like highway to connection, right? And often like a quick shortcut to feeling connected to someone is, you know, learning something that feels like dark or that like enacts a feeling of like intense empathy um, in a person. And I think that that's probably why we see them leaning on trauma, but I agree that it can then turn the corner into exploitative. And I think that's just like a hard, hard balance. And that's why I say like, I hope the impact for these individual men was on the whole, not, not negative to, to, you know, have shared this. Like, I hope that it was, I hope that it felt cathartic in, in some capacity. Um, We also hear from Riley who talks about the strained relationship that he had with his mother um growing up and he said you know like he wants a house full of love with his his wife and his daughter and his mom he had a conversation where with his mom where she asked like what kind of kid in his early 20s daydreams about spending time with his daughter and he said that he said to her you know a kid who didn't grow up with that kind of quality time which was really heartbreaking to hear and we we at least do get um a deeper conversation about this between Riley and Tasha later on. And then uh, it brings us <laughs> to Ben, who, before we get into it, I do want to note, was like doing this really sweet thing where throughout all of the other men presenting, he was like, these guys are so amazing. I just, I just <laughs> love everyone here so much. Like, they're so brave. <laughs> like, oh, sweet Ben. <laughs> Hype man. He's like not feeling like he's going to measure up. So he leaves his canvas on the presentation table and is like, I have to go get something I forgot. And he comes out clearly naked underneath a robe. And he begins to make a speech, but I think it's pretty clear to everyone in the room what's about to happen. Um, he starts explaining that he has these these walls and it's hard for him to express his emotions and to get really personal and so he's going to figuratively and literally let his walls down. And at this point, he sort of slowly takes off the robe and is nude. And he says to Tasha that his physical body and everything inside, he's like offering to her and he's letting he's letting his guard down. And Tasha is completely blown away. Um, we, you know, we've been talking about the Me Too shades of this episode and for sure, disrobing uh, unexpectedly in front of people um, is uh, can be can be criminal <laughs> in certain contexts. Is not uh, always a great idea. For sure, I do think it was very much mitigated by the fact that everyone knew it was about to happen and had ample opportunity to stop him if they so chose. Um, and I think that Tasha was down for it and uh, chose to keep watching. And, you know, I would encourage men generally not to expose themselves without <laughs> warning to women they are dating or to anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. And I agree that the the context and the like whole lead up did did mitigate um, any harm that this this could have done. And so then we see Tasha just kind of taking in like these men have put out a, a lot and exposed a lot of of who they are and of their as we said trauma to her and she's like 
very overcome and emotional. And she starts crying to the art teacher. And she says, this is what happens when you start dating real men. Um, And I was really struck by that, that like, like we don't perhaps expect men to have as sophisticated an ability to sort of talk about their emotions and reflect on their desires and reflect on what they've gone through in their lives. And I do think that that um, often does tend to increase with age. I I won't be Bennett. It's not like one to one. Um, But I do think like that the fact that they prioritize different things in casting this group and the fact that we've had like no bells and whistles um, has kind of allowed you know, uh, them to showcase men who are a little bit more uh, evolved in terms of their emotional communication. And um, I think that Tasha's reaction is like an indication that a lot of women when they are dating, like do not experience that much. Yeah. I think with this date, um, with a different cast, the momentum of, of this date could have gone in a much different direction. It could have very much yes. gone in the dick sculpture direction. And I think <laughs> like Blake was just really like he did that, that piece. And then I think he felt outnumbered by everybody who was being, you know, like very mature and sensitive and vulnerable and, and supportive of each other too. And then he was like, Oh wait, okay. I have to like, you know, do something. Turn it around. More. Yeah. Turn it around. But I think with like a younger cast again, not to, not to be all vanity, but I think that's partially true. Um, then yeah, it, it could have gone in that direction where it's just like, Oh, we're all just going to goof on each other. Right. That's what we're doing here. This is silly. Right. And, well, uh, and it's, it's not nice just about age, I think we can tell, because I don't think Blake is the youngest guy there, you know, but like some of the guys who are acting mature are in their late 20s, which is a pretty common age for the show. And Bennett, True. I think, is acting very immaturely and he's one of the older guys, you know, so there there's definitely a degree to which it seems like just their personalities and the fact that that Tasha and Claire are both drawn also to and have been selecting for men who have been divorced, who have had uh, more rocky life journeys, who have the ability to meet them on that plane of talking about their experiences openly um, means that it's also been winnowed down to a group that's comfortable with that. Very um, true. No, no Yosefs. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if Yosef were there for this. Yeah. Ah. Um, and so they, she brings them all to the evening date um, instead of uh, just picking one. I think she, they they showed so much to her that she was like, I don't feel like I can even choose between uh, these these artworks. And and so we do get then the opportunity for for her to have some further conversations with the guys about things that were brought up in their self portraits. So she talks with Riley first, and he tells her that his parents divorced when he was very young and he lived with his dad and he sort of describes it as if it was a, like a parental alienation situation where his he was hearing things from the parent he lived with maybe from other adults in his life maybe about his mom and he just believed them because he was so young and there was a wedge in his relationship with his mom um but later when he was a young adult they did reconnect and talk openly about what happened and he says basically it's been perfect ever since like he and his mom have a great relationship now it's really nice yeah um we also you know get a conversation between ben and Tasha that i thought was really really important um 
Ben is like, look, the the reason that I'm in the fitness and nutrition space is actually because I had an eating disorder for 15 years. And he says that, you know, when he was a teenager, he began to experience, um, you know, a lot of fat phobia, fat shaming. He doesn't use those terms specifically, but that's what I glean from it. And this led him um, to develop bulimia for nearly a decade. And I thought that this was so important and impactful in terms of destigmatizing male eating disorders. We so often associate body dysmorphia and body shame, body issues in general, and, um, you know, fat phobia with women, that like this is a thing that impacts women. And um, I do think, you know, maybe a greater number of women experience this stuff, but a lot of men do as well. And male eating disorders have actually been on the rise, um, I believe, over the last like decade. And uh, I really appreciated that Ben just sort of said this without, you know, feeling a lot of shame around it. Just like, yeah, this is a thing I went through and um, that's not, you know, that's just a part of me. It also really, for me, threw into such stark relief, again, how little body diversity we have on this show. Um, And I think, I don't know, that always makes me sad. It's like we don't hear a lot about body shame because we tend to exist in this world in the show where like everyone is just like naturally thin and normatively beautiful and no other bodies or types would even like appear. Yeah, I think we often hear about body shaming solely in the context of like and I love Olivia like people made fun of my ankles, you know, like very marginal critiques. And like, certainly I would not like to have my ankles made fun of at all. But like, there is a whole dimension um, of discrimination and cruelty toward fat people that doesn't, as you say, enter into the conversation on the show, because people who've had that experience, or who people who are fat are never cast. And, and often, it's, you know, people who have never really experienced that. Um, so it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't come up. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, like for, for me with this conversation, like, you know, I, I loved last week's episode a lot, you know, around Ivan's, um, you know, Ivan's conversation with Tasha around Black Lives Matter and police brutality. And then this episode was again, like there was conversations around addiction and then the, the piece around Riley's mom. But this one definitely, this conversation with Ben definitely hit me a lot. And And what we were talking about before, as far as, we don't want to always like lean into, um, you know, talking about trauma and we want to do, we want to be mindful about like, you know, I really do hope that he felt, um, you know, comfortable, you know, sharing that. Cause you know, I, th- I think this is also kind of different in a way than, uh, Zach's experience because Zach now works in that field. So I think Zach has probably been pretty forthcoming about his past, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm not sure how forthcoming Ben has been about this. So I do really, you know, I think you can throw around like courageous, brave, whatever, but I think it's really bold to, to share something like this. And uh, this hit me a lot and, you know, I'll do like a, a a trigger warning a little bit for, for listeners around uh, eating disorder stuff. And I, I I mentioned this on Twitter, but I had one, you know, as a, I'm getting all emotional on the podcast. Jesus. We Um, love you, bro. (laughs) So much. But yeah, no, like in, in college I, I had one and I think I, um, 
I always kind of struggled with putting like labels on it because again, it's like this whole concept of comparing, you know, your experiences, your traumas, your, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it um, with what it could be, you know? So when, when I had um, uh, what my experience was in college and it was hand in hand with depression, like, like it usually is like with a lot of these instances and yeah, just like wouldn't eat, you know, I, I would eat maybe like a yogurt a day for, for, a consistent lengths of time wouldn't really tell anybody and it was it was because of this desire to control something when when i felt very out of control because of depression i just you know it it can really go to a scary place um but i think i didn't really think of it as as what it was for a really long time and i didn't share share that for a, a long time just because it, it wasn't like i had bulimia for 10 years or you know it, it didn't it wasn't like that level and i think it just took a, a lot of one it took getting out of that period um and i and i also say that with an asterisk because something i think is also important to note is in and everybody's experiences is different with this but you don't really like get out of it or it's rare to get out of it. You know, it's not like you experience it, you're you're done experiencing it. It it comes back. It rears that that stuff rears its head a lot. And I think uh I know there were a lot of people on Twitter like kind of tongue in cheeking the moment with the the letting his walls down, you know, on, on on the group date. Um but you know, like even though he certainly has this uh uh conventionally attractive appearance now and i think a lot of people could objectively say that we we really don't know what his body image issues are are like now he works in fitness and nutrition so i think it's safe to say he's better than than where he was but that shit can stick with you you know and and i think that adds another dimension to what that was for him even if it didn't uh appear that way to everybody watching um, and, and then, yeah, like for, for me, I, I think about when I was going through that, I think God, eight years ago now, and I don't know if I could really think of like a guy, uh, in like the public eye that, that I could have like looked to uh, for an example there. So I think going back to the whole, you know, do you, do you reveal this stuff? Like it, it, where does it become like exploiting trauma on the show? I think. This example, um, you know, as silly as like the Badger franchise can can be, I think it's important to normalize this stuff because it would have meant a lot to me uh, to see that eight years ago, like to see this this show that's supposed to represent the the epitome of masculinity. It's like these people are like the the men on the pedestal who are like you know they're they're literally like the top bachelors, right? Uh, top bachelor material. And to be shown in that light is really meaningful, impactful, and I think it, it was just um, essential. And I also do want to, um, you know, like we're in a pandemic right now. It's like, you know, just wild times. And uh, going back to, you know, how this stuff doesn't necessarily just, you don't just get over it. Um, I think a lot of people uh, probably have been struggling with, you know, eating disorder urges like coming back in a, in a time where none of us feel in, in control and none of us feel like there's any sort of uh, certainty for like what tomorrow is going to bring then, you know, I I've had, I've had struggles with it. Like I've, I've definitely had, um, had to 
carefully watch and carefully check in with with my brain and where it goes um especially in the beginning but plenty of times during during this year uh and, and also too in the past eight years you know i've had times where i'm very healthy mentally physically all that um and then times especially you know it's, it's again that slippery slope thing it's like when you go through you know, a, a period with like mental health that can easily lead to trying to fix it with something, you know, so whether that's um, like something along the lines of an eating disorder or Zach's experience with trying to fix it with, with, you know, drugs, alcohol, you know, it, it, it kind of can go hand in hand. Um, so all that to say, and I appreciate, you know, <laughs> sharing this, uh, but um yeah, it, it just meant a lot for me to see. Like I had, I had to pause it, you know, when, when this came on and, uh, and I was just like, well, damn, you know, and, and I was watching this with my mom too. And I'm, you know, I'm sure she's listening now and, you know, love you and lo love my dad too. He's probably listening also. Um, you know, I, I don't think even my family necessarily knows the, uh, the depth at, at which I've, I've kind of, uh, dealt with this in the past and i haven't even dealt with it to the extent that other people have you know women in particular you know i do think it's important to call out that there are more pressures on on women when it comes to body image just in in society i think that's very fair to to say but it it definitely can be like um you know an and sort of thing and it's like and it's also um you know important to say that it exists with uh men and it's important to normalize conversations around around it 100%. And thank you so much, Brett, for kind of sharing that personal experience. I think every conversation that humanizes um, disordered eating or or really any sort of mental health issue um, is, is so, so very important. And I absolutely agree that right now, given the pandemic, there is a real sense that there's not a lot we can control. And I know that I've certainly um, had to check in with my own mental health and, you know, anxiety, depression, all of these things that I think a lot of people have been dealing with. And um, I'm just really grateful to you. And yeah, also grateful to the show for for featuring that and grateful to Ben for having what I also would qualify as like a very generous conversation for the audience. Um, and I just wanted to call out the National Eating Disorder Hotline if anyone feels triggered at all from this conversation, um, you can call 800-931-2237. Yeah, I, I, those are all incredible points. And thank you so much, Brett, for sharing. I think that, you know, sometimes there's a sense that we focus too much on raising awareness about problems and, you know, that awareness is not sufficient. And that's true. But when it comes to something like male eating disorders, um, it's very important because, yeah, Brad, as you say, it's it's underrecognized and that has a very real impact on young men feeling like they can um, recognize these problems in themselves in, in healthcare providers reckoning the, recognizing the signs in parents. And, you know, men and boys with eating disorders are underdiagnosed um, and that leads to them getting medical care later when they're more sick. Um, so there's a very real harm in the fact that it's considered to be really solely a female um, concern and, and it's not, it can affect uh, anyone. And, um, and so 
in a moment like this, when someone in the public eye comes forward, um, there's a very real benefit to that for sure. Absolutely. And I'm glad that we have this space to be able to have this yeah. extended conversation very, as a result. Yeah, I'm very so, grateful for it too. Yeah, very grateful for both of you um, in this moment. Before we wrap up this um, group date, Taisha does call out the tension between Noah and Bennett and says to them, like, I'm going to get to the bottom of it one way or the other. And, of course, predictably, Noah and Bennett don't react to this well um, and just continue to needle each other and act like idiot children. So that's fun. <laughs> yep, that's that's that. That's the end of the group that's date. That. Um, and then we get to Easy's one-on-one, which I just want to preface it by saying, like, this is, you know, we have spoken before on the podcast about the fact that Easy has um, been accused of sexual assault. Uh, so I think it's it's a little tough to recap this date um, in in the way that it was presented by the show, knowing that context and um, – the fact that he kind of had this momentous one-on-one probably also indicates why the show has done very little to kind of dial back his involvement thus far. Um, and I, for one, am kind of relieved that this is this was the end of his arc. Yeah, I'm relieved that he's gone. I was a little bit troubled by how the date was presented, given that, I mean, Reality Steve and Ashley Spivey have uh, reported that the woman who accused him of sexual assault has spoken to ABC extensively um, over the course of weeks. So like this is this is knowledge that they have. Um, and it seems like the decision that they have made was to really not change their depiction yeah. uh, at all and to just move forward because I think it's a very flattering date for Easy, yes. although he does get sent home at the end of it. They go they go ghost hunting. It's sort of like a goofier first half of the date. They seem to be having a fun time. Um, they read like a ghost story about a wealthy oil baron who went mad after his partner and baby died in childbirth on the very land that the La Quinta Resort is now on. Um, and... Yeah, it's sort of quick cuts, and then we move on to their dinner date. I easy called out this dress, but I too have to call out Tasha's dress because it was amazing. Little green dress, just stunning. Yeah, it was like a bold chartreuse satin mini dress with chain link straps. Oh, the chain link straps really made it. What a look! Um, and so they sit down to dinner, and um, he dives right in he's decided that it's time to tell her that he's falling in love and Tasha was seeming like she was having a great time before this they're chatting they're connecting they're laughing and then he says you know I'm falling in love with you it it might seem like too soon but I, no I can't lie about it I just have to tell you the truth and you see her face really freeze and fall in that moment that's not what she wanted to hear um and sometimes what happens when you make a bold move and say that you're falling for the lead pretty early on um 
it makes them realize that they are not falling in love with you. And that is, it seems exactly what happens. Uh, Tasha picks up the rose and says, I can't give you this rose because I'm not where you are and I don't know if I can get there. Um, but this is where I started to get really quite uncomfortable because they sort of show Tasha saying to Easy, like, you're great. Like, I didn't want to give you a rose ceremony goodbye because you're so amazing. I wanted to have a chance to tell you how amazing you are and what a good, solid man you are. And you deserve everything. And to me, this is where, you know, we know that the show offers men, especially men with a good edit, an enormous amount of romantic and sexual capital. And um, women, a lot of women watch the show. A lot of the women develop uh, admiration, attraction, fandom for the men on the show. And when they leave single, you know, that's an opportunity for these guys to do a lot of, of hooking up and a lot of dating and to um, boost that capital, like above and beyond even what just naturally happens by by giving the hard sell on a guy who's leaving. Um, to me, when you have uh, information that indicates uh, that that might not be the case is very troubling. And I know it's a very tricky thing when there's been no conviction, no charges, um, you know, and we don't even know the extent of the investigation the show has done. Um, but from our perspective, watching the show and knowing what has been reported about this, um, it seems unnecessarily uh, irresponsible to yeah. to go out of your way <laughs> to show uh, a woman kind of endorsing him as a really good guy. I think that's exactly it. It just felt like they could have, you know, not fully edited him out, but not really, really boosted his profile in this way. And I found that to be negligent, honestly, um, yeah. and and frustrating. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was yeah. hard. It was hard to watch. Yeah. What I what I was gonna um, you know say with this too, because yeah, it's it's definitely you know when you hear um, allegations like like you know what's what's come out. Um, I, I think, well, obviously you, you always really want to, um, you know, believe accusers like they, they don't really have, uh, you know, this, there's no real incentive to, to make things like that up. Um, you know, and I, I think about the, from the production side of things, uh, what you can do, you know, when, when this is handled, because I think the, or how this is handled rather, because I think about the timeline of this and, I I could get certain you know certain things wrong here, but I think the the woman who brought these accusations forward got in touch with production like after they had already uh, filmed. So I do understand that that makes yes. it trickier uh, to to then handle it. But then you know like we've said, that's where you handle it in post, um, and you know you you again don't go out of your way to do a flattering you know edit. Uh, I do think that there, it's it's. Um, I think about like Lincoln, for example, in, in in Becca's season, where that was a little bit more of this clear cut. Uh, you know, there was there were court cases and like that they missed. You know, and, and like a background check that was that was just pure negligence, uh, uh, not catching that. And I don't really know how they wouldn't have been able to see that before casting him on the show. 
you know, something like with, with, with easy, that's, that's really, it, it's a little bit more nebulous and, and difficult because it's, it's in this different territory, but still uh, just in its own way, valid, you know, territory. Um, and I do think I, I'm definitely really interested in, in thinking, and I, you know, I thought about this with like batch diversity stuff, as far as like just really practical ways that the show can, can do better on, on this regard, uh, going forward i do think them releasing the cast early you know on on their facebook pages and being like this is the potential cast that might be on this next season has actually been a good step in the right direction because it does absolutely uh you know you can't get better um detective work than than reddit and twitter really when it comes to that sort of thing so you know things will eventually be unearthed but i do think that I, I would love to see again, like more practical avenues for people, you know, like the situation with Easy to be able to air their concerns um, and have a more of this this direct line to production and have a little bit more of a clear cut plan for you know the the ideal version of all this is that it's only angels, you know, on the show, uh, and we don't have to deal with this at all. Um, you know, but it's like, what's like the plan of action if you do find out after filming is already done, um, how do you go forward? And just having that be a little bit more of a, uh, a policy, you know, whether it's a zero tolerance policy, a harsher, you know, edit out, I think with this, it, it is a little bit more nebulous. So I can understand why it's not a, f a full edit out like Lincoln was, but I do think again, the, the flattering light that he left the show with was like didn't need to go that far with that yeah. either. Right, and exactly. And I think there are a couple things that they could do and that I know actually Spivey is always beating this drum that, you know, you can put the cast out early, but if no one knows how to reach production, then what good is that? You know, I think that um, Reality Steve reported that the woman in question or a friend of hers contacted like just the general ABC feedback a form which doesn't um, really and that was done before filming started so like if you want that information earlier in the process you have to set up a, a dedicated way to get that information and, and publicize it you know make it easy to find and I think that's a very clear-cut thing that they could do um, and and yeah as you say like there were choices they could have made in editing this date that would have felt perfectly normal and that would have uh, a, like somewhat ameliorated the the valorizing effect um but that is goodbye to easy and he exits from the show and um i i think hopefully um for the last time from the bachelor franchise based on based on what we know now and uh then we get to the day of the rose ceremony and Jojo basically comes in to all of the men gathered and lets them know that before the cocktail party and rose ceremony, there's going to be an impromptu two on one between Bennett and Noah. And Jojo is sort of like, I don't really know what's been going on between you guys, but like doesn't seem good. And Tasha's annoyed. So one of you is going to go home. Yeah, Bennett, Bennett is, is thrilled. Bennett is trying this thing where he pretends that he doesn't know that there's tension between them whenever very weird. Jojo or Tasha explicitly asks him about it. But he will needle Noah in front of them 
uh, in a way that makes it immensely clear that he is aware of the tension. <laughs> so it's not very subtle. Um, he's like, no, I'm just as perplexed as Tasha. I don't feel any tension with Noah. I never mm. have. Um, and so they both go prepare for their little pregame session with Tasha. Love a good, love a good gaslight. <laughs> yeah. <right> here. <laughs> he's a very bad but determined <laughs> gaslighter. Um, and Bennett sort of packs a dainty little gift box and uh, as he addresses and says, I crush life under pressure. Noah will realize that's the truth as he flies home to Oklahoma. This was written by a <laughs> neural network. Like, what is going on? What are these strings of words? Um, and so they go up to the house early together or the, the reception area where the cocktail hours are held. And as they're waiting for Tasha. Bennett brings out the gift. Surprise, it's for Noah, because what could show Tasha that you're focused on her and not drama with Noah more than packing a special gift for Noah? Full of, like, weird <laughs> pseudo burns. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, I'll I'll explain these gifts for you because you wouldn't understand. Oh. This was just, this was egregious and stunning. And I mean... My God. So so Noah's clearly just like, okay, dude, just I know what the like Noah's not an idiot. He's like, I know this is gonna be annoying. So sure, man, just like explain your your bullshit gifts. Um and first Bennett pulls out a red bandana to represent the lack of bad blood between them and their shared like cowboy past I, you know what i, I, don't you know what know. I will say with this first gift i was i mean uh subtracting the bad blood comment because i did not fully understand the reference tied with the bandana there it's red but if he like, had just what? left red. it just red i, I mean I, I guess uh, sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense um but if he had just left it as you know hey here's uh bandana because you know no matter what happens like we had this shared kind of like uh country boy past i don't know what you want to call it and hey like listen it's a pandemic always love a good face covering you know? sure it's a yes maybe, maybe i agree kind of, yeah but you know and then we'll get into he did not leave it there that's though. not his plan really he i know no... i know i don't think he's he wants each gift to get more insulting yeah right like yeah. he starts um benign and then is like Here's a pair of mustache socks, which have been worn by me before. <laughs> you know, all that a person wants is used socks, but they have mustaches on them. And he's like, the only place you should wear a mustache is on your feet, which like doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't. It would be weird to have a mustache on your feet. Well, not to Bennett. <laughs> Um, and the last, he says, is the serious gift. It's a book on emotional intelligence, which he thinks will be helpful and impactful. He says there are four components of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. And he thinks Noah's deficient in three of the four. <laughs> self-management is his best from what Bennett has seen. Um, I have to say, even if you like went to a professional psychologist, they would not treat you this much like an idiot. Um, no, and it also made me like so like full of rage watching this because I'm like, this is... Like, obviously, emotional intelligence is a theme on this show from Taylor and Corinne. Um, and Taylor got just, like, absolutely pilloried for discussing emotional intelligence, which, like, 
did which came up organically in a conversation with Corinne was not presented in this way and like was not constructed as like a a clear and condescending insult towards Corinne. Um and also, she Taylor just got was absolutely and Bennett harassed. is like 36. Yeah, also Taylor was 23, also Taylor was actually a mental health professional. Yeah, and Bennett, Bennett is none of those things. Bennett is like a grown like middle-aged man who like arrived okay, middle-aged Claire. Sorry, we're not approaching Sorry, middle-aged. Sorry, Greg. Um, <laughs> I am arrived, not approaching middle-aged. He arrived with a box of of props so that he could launch this like very aggressive, brutal, like insulting attack. And yeah, I doubt that he will see a similar fallout to what Taylor did. Um, for a much more like organic and somewhat defensive uh, invocation of emotional intelligence. Um, And he just has a whole speech that Noah sits through very patiently. He's like, I'm not talking down to you. Like emotional intelligence, you don't have it out of the womb. I didn't have it at your age. And I think it's very important that you like learn. Um, These tools are what any woman would want to have in a husband and a father. I'm trying to love you up. Um, and he's like, listen, like you're always bringing up other men in your conversations. I've always stayed focused on Tasha in our, I never talk about other men. That's emotional intelligence. Um, and Noah tries to defend himself at this point, but Bennett won't really let him finish a sentence. So Noah's like, okay, whatever. Um, he's like, I've been acting myself. It's been misconstrued. And then Bennett says, this, my friend is where we start to folly. I just want to point out, I am unaware of any circumstance in which you can use folly as a verb. I even did a little research just to make sure. No, he was just like, I know words. I will use them. It's like, Bennett, like, I respect, um, you know, a wide vocabulary, but at least, like, use those words correctly then. If if it's your whole identity is that you're really well-educated and smart, like, you got to do a little better than just like plucking out a word that you read in a book once and throwing it out there out of context. Um, you this champion whole, this... the way you've acted thus far. Take that all the way. Change nothing. See how far it gets you. I was like, first of all, this this these sentences don't really have like the deep meaning that you clearly think they do. Like he's just, this whole thing is so stupid. And Noah honestly is being wise in this situation where he's just like, letting Bennett dig himself a hole and not really getting further involved. And Noah's like, fine, we'll let Tasha decide. And Bennett's like, yes, I will say all of this to Tasha's face. And Noah's like, great, that's going to really work in my favor. And I was like, look, honestly, the 25-year-old is correct in this situation. Yeah, I was I was going to say it's like one, this whole exchange like did the unthinkable for me and it made Noah look good. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> you know, you're I in know. a bad way when you're making like pretty much the villain of the season look like an angel baby. Um, and then the second thing just in this conversation I was thinking of was imagine if all of our therapists talked to us in the way that Bennett did, where it's just like, <laughs> you are emotionally dumb. You are deficient. You are broken. It's like, listen, it's not your fault that you're broken, but here's how you are. Here's some homework. So maybe someone will love you one day. Maybe. <laughs> but probably Oof. not. Oof. But probably not. Um, so Tasha comes in and is like, I have feelings for both of you, which why? Listen, <laughs> Tasha's her own person. Uh, and she needs to know which one can stay because having them both is untenable. 
And Bennett's like, I don't feel any tension. I, I hope Noah will eventually come to feel the same way. But like, as for me and myself, I feel nothing but goodwill. And Noah at this point revisits a familiar line of attack. He's like, right after you came in and said, don't question my judgment, Bennett did exactly that. He said, there's no chance you would ever be with me and that he would double down on that in Vegas. He's called me a 14 year old. Bennett does an incredible thing where he sort of smirks and is like, I got this. And he's like, I didn't say you had no chance. I said you had zero chance. And I said you were like a 14 year old. And I was like, Bennett, why are you so pleased with this? This is not coming off well. Like Tasha's not going to be like, oh, well, Noah was lying. Tasha's just like <laughs> fucking annoyed that she has to even go through this two on one at this point. She's like, yeah. is this what is going on between you two? Mm-hmm. Because clearly their conflict has zero substance. And she's like, this is teenage boy drama. I'm. I am absolutely over it. And Bennett's like, yes, yes, I agree. What a waste of time. I'm like, but, but sir, you just acknowledged that you were saying these things. Like, Bennett is like the primary driver at this point. Um, At this point, like Bennett has been so awful. I am suspicious that he did not actually provoke it to a greater degree than we saw before. Like at this point, I'm like, whatever Noah did. And I remember that he acted up at the rose ceremony. It was bad. It was bad. I'm like, at this point, I wonder if Bennett was doing something so bad that it was justified because what a mess. Yeah. I do think, and this feels like uh, something I could get roasted for, but I was like, what actually did Noah do? I'm like trying to remember. I, I do think like his biggest egregious thing in my book was his representation of the drama like in the house to Tasha and kind of framing exactly. it in such a yeah. way. Yeah, that was like, oh, well, like they are questioning your choices and, and like flipping that because that's just manipulative and gaslighting behavior. Um, but again, beyond that, I'm like, wait, because like I didn't like him before that. And was it like was it just the mustache this entire it time? It might have been the mustache because yeah. as a fan of the mustache, I had like pretty positive <laughs> feelings about Noah yeah. before he went to Tasha and was like, the guys think you're dumb. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I I think that was the thing that turned me against Noah. But then he since then, he's just sort of tried to like sit back and and not be in conflict. mm -hmm. And Bennett like refuses to let him. Um, And of course, we end on a cliffhanger. Taisha sees the box and she's like, oh, Lord, what's in that box? And we just know things are going to go very poorly from Bennett for Bennett from here on out. (laughs) Can you imagine we tune in next week and she sees what's in the box and she's like, oh, Bennett, that's actually a really great idea. <laughs> You're so funny, Bennett. <laughs> Noah, so funny. get out of here. You're funny and also a man of uh, an upstanding man who just wants to educate young 25-year-olds about emotional intelligence. Bennett, good, uh, you know, go back to the rose ceremony. Noah, I need to see you out. Like, how could Bennett possibly think this was a good idea? I do think we finally saw Bennett break when Tasha saw the box. We saw this <laughs> look knew, on his face where he was like, "You could tell he knew uh, it was not good." Yeah, yeah he's like, <laughs> he's oh, like you shit." To see that? He's like, "Maybe that conversation I had with the producer, in which they helped me put together this <laughs> box, was not in my favor." But I guess we will see um, next week. And Brett, thank you for taking us, taking the time to go through this very extensive recap with us. Yeah. The three of us love to talk. Um, before we go, 
tell us a little bit about your new podcast, which I believe will be premiering for Matt James's season of The Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, one, you know, thanks so much again for having me. I've I've loved this conversation. I love all of our conversations. I love them more when we're in person, but they're they're just as lovely over over video calls and all that. Um, but yeah, no, so I'm definitely super excited and nervous. And, you know, so we'll, there's going to be plenty of, of kinks to, to figure out as um, uh, we launch like this, this podcast. But yeah, it's, it's Baby Got Batch. So do you see what I did there? Let, let me go. Um, and it's going to be Baby Got Batch pod on, on Instagram. So we'll, you know, launch that and that'll be where you can see some, some updates. But yeah, we'll mainly start with, Matt James's season. And I think it, it'll be a really great opportunity to, you know, ge- go beyond the reaction memes, if you will, you know, and, and actually be able to flesh out these conversations that I really earnestly enjoy so much. So yeah, really, really excited. And yeah, hopefully people like it. That's the goal. I think people will like it. We're very excited to listen. And uh Matt James's season coming up sooner than it feels like it's coming God, up. So it'll be month? happening Isn't soon. Like, we can't wait. Yeah, it's like a, a basically a month from basically. Yeah, a month. Yeah. So we, we can't, can't wait, wait for your first episodes. And thank you so much for coming on today. This was fun as always. And we look forward to doing it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks again. And now it's time for Feminism Fails. And we do have a few this week. Yeah, we went so in-depth to some of the situations this episode, uh, but we did want to call out a couple uh, moments uh, and themes. First, I just want to note, since we didn't talk about it, Bennett's obsession with Noah being four years younger than Taisha and therefore being uh, just a complete non-factor for her romantically. Um, They're you know, should be zero chance that she would end up with him because of that. Meanwhile, Bennett, of course, is much more than four years older than Tasha, And so we see here playing out again the idea that age gaps can only properly go one way, that the man should be older and more experienced, and that uh, women's value is in comparative youth and men's value is in comparative age and maturity and experience. Um, and that it is maybe natural for women to be more mature than men at a younger age. Uh, These are all like figments of the patriarchy and uh, not something that needs to be uh, emphasized and uh, uh, reiterated by this show uh, to such a degree. And so uh, although it's not really a huge standout moment on this season i do want to call that out and give it a three and then continuing on the bennett train uh bennett as we discussed kisses taisha without consent while she's blindfolded in front of a bunch of other men on a group date uh we're gonna give this one like a four and a half or maybe even a five it's really not okay it is a violation taisha does not seem into it and like again please obtain consent enthusiastic consent um before you go and make out with a person or touch them in any way especially when they literally cannot see you coming um it just wasn't a cute moment and like was really another strike against bennett in this episode for sure and last uh we did discuss this in some detail but 
Easy's edit as he exited the show, um, very flattering, um, very much put him in a good light as a romantic prospect. And again, uh, given what we know ABC has been uh, informed of and what's been reported about sexual assault allegations against him or a sexual assault allegation against him at, at minimum, um, you know, it, there is a a lack of responsibility and a lack of sensitivity um, to women who have been uh, survivors of sexual assault in in positioning him this way and and not minimizing his presence on the show uh, more than was done. And uh, so we're going to give that a five. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Brett Vergara, and our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod. And you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week to recap the next episode of The Bachelorette. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it.